Hey guys, welcome, and thanks for listening to That Loudmouth Lady, the political podcast where I speak my mind about whatever might be going on in the government right now. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for my third episode of my podcast. So excited to be here. What a crazy couple weeks it's been, huh? I meant to record like last week, but I'm actually kind of glad I waited because Trump has given me some very interesting stuff to talk about this time. This whole shutdown has been crazy. And we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. First thing I want to talk about kind of relates to my last podcast about rape in America. I was reading recently about a woman, a Native American woman, who gave birth in an Arizona nursing home. She was in a vegetative state for the last, I believe, 14 years after a near drowning, and somehow she got pregnant and gave birth to a baby, and nobody knew. Um, pretty sure she was probably raped. I would say that's a fair assumption. I don't think a woman in a vegetative state can say yes or in any way actively communicate that she consents to or does not consent to having sex with anyone if she has no way of communicating anything in the first place. So uh, it sounds like the police are luckily, of course, moving forward with the case. They have started taking DNA, I believe, from every single man that works in the home to see if their DNA matches with the child who will be placed with, at least for now, with the parents of the girl that was in the nursing home. Um, And also the president of that nursing home stepped down, CEO, I believe, he realized, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, the timing is kind of odd, but I don't necessarily think it was him. I think that he realized that obviously something very bad happened on his watch and it was something he should have been taking better care of and so you know it's not his fault that she was raped that's on the rapist but he does have some culpability in what happened to her and so rather than fight and make a mess out of things he chose to just step down himself and make things really easy so I mean, I get it. I get why he would do that. I'm kind of glad probably his family is grateful to, you know, keep their name out of this as much as possible. Um, And then, hey, who isn't in love with the 116th Congress that we've got going on right now? Um, If I think it's pretty rad. We're looking at the most diverse Congress in history. We have 126 women that took office. 43 of which are women of color. That's pretty amazing. We've got Muslim women on the ca- in the cabinet. We've got bisexuals. We've got openly gay and lesbians. It's, it, it's just amazing to see what's going on there now. Uh, we've got, I'm probably going to say her name wrong because I didn't, I've never heard anyone actually say it. Um, Ilhan Omar. She is going to be the first hijab-wearing member of the House. That, so good for her. Good for her. I've actually seen people complaining that that's a thing, that they're going to allow that. Because, you know, 
oh no, Muslims and their hijabs, it's, it's, you know, they're terrorists, whatever. I think if she's wearing it because it's what she wants as part of her religion, then that's her right. And why any of us should complain about it or have anything to say about it is beyond me. It's none of our business. Um, Sharice Davis, Davids of Kansas will be not only one of the first indigenous women, but also the first openly gay LGBT person to represent Kansas in Congress. So yay for that. That's totally awesome. Um, she and is one of, I believe, two Native American women who have both been added to Congress this year. Um, we also have Kristen Cinema possibly pronouncing her last name wrong as well, from Arizona. She is an openly bisexual who was sworn in with a law book. And I have to say, just because, you know, it gave my heart a little joy, seeing the face of Pence when he had to swear her in using that law book was just, it, it just, it gave my heart a little flutter to see, you could see how openly uncomfortable he was with that because he is such an open bigot and it gave me joy that he had no choice but to put his bigotry aside and do his job it made me very very happy so it's i'm i'm super thrilled with some of the women that got elected into this new congress and i can't wait to see where they go and what they do i think some of these women can do some amazing, amazing things. And I can't wait to watch it. So now let's get on to the fun. Donald Trump and the shutdown. So we're on week two, going in, I think maybe partially in the middle of week three of this shutdown. Um, you know, Trump likes to call it Schumer's shutdown, but no, sorry, Trump, this is all on you. You need to own this. Um, he, you know, he wants his wall, and so he's going to throw his tantrums till he gets it. And what's amusing to me is that initially this all started when everyone, he still had both the House and the Senate. He, the Republicans were the majority, and still he didn't have his wall it wasn't important for two years not it wasn't a national emergency for two years but now 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 it's becoming a real problem and so he the senate voted on a bill and it passed they sent it to the house paul ryan at that time was still the speaker paul ryan refused to send it to the house because he knew this is, of course, all just assumptions. We can't prove what anyone thought or knew unless they're telling us themselves. But our assumption is he knew that the House would also vote to pass the whole thing. And the only thing that was not included in this bill is the five point whatever million that Trump wants for his wall. And so they knew he was going to throw a hissy fit and he was going to uh, try and stop the bill from passing once he was going to veto it once he realized that both the Senate and the House had passed both bills. So Paul Ryan didn't send it to the House. He waited. Well, then they switched. 
the people that haven't been elected on the 16th became, you know, moved in to their Senate spots and the outgoing all left. The incoming, the new House, now voted for the exact same bill that Paul Ryan refused to put out before. They passed that bill. They then sent that bill back to the Senate where the majority leader Mitch McConnell said that they would not even waste their time looking at it or passing the proposal, which left us right back where we started remaining in our fabulous little shutdown. And can I just add that this shutdown has been a shit show. And I don't just mean that in a, in a figurative sense. No, it's literally been a shit show. But we'll get back to how literal I mean that later. Um, so here's how bad 45 wants. Let's, let's just talk about this wall for a minute. This fun wall that Trump wants to build. This gigantic 50 foot, I believe they say, wall. Um, you know, that I'll probably be able to see from my town a good hour and a half to two hours away from the border. Um, 45 seems to think that there's just some crazy havoc happening at the border right now, that there's some serious humanitarian and security crisis that we all just need to take care of. And the only thing that's going to fix all this nonsense is a wall. Or apparently some tall be steel beams will work too, you know, just it has to be big and tall and it has to be huge. Uh, let's ignore the fact that they recently found an underground tunnel that had a rail system and solar powered lighting. Or we can, you know, even ignore that Mexican politician that just climbed the current wall and sat atop it to prove just, you know, how easy it is to climb things up. I mean... Clearly, those things don't happen every day. Well, well, okay, to be fair, maybe the politician climbing over the wall really doesn't happen every day because it's not something I've really seen before. But I'm pretty sure that's certainly not the first tunnel or the last to be built between the two countries. I mean, I'm pretty sure that hilarious TV show Weeds on HBO didn't come up with it all by themselves. Um, nor is it the way most people or other things wind up being illegal on the side of the fence. But, you know, shh, we're not going to tell that to Trump. Um, like I said, he says we have this huge humanitarian and security crisis. Well, uh, let's take a little look at that. In 2017, approximately 303,916 people were apprehended attempting to cross the border illegally. Now, in 2000, we had 1.64 million people apprehended attempting to cross the border illegally. So that's a substantial drop in 17 years. Now, I don't have the numbers for 2018 yet, so the most recent ones I have are from 2017. But that's, where, where's the crisis? If there was no crisis in 2000 when it was at 1.64 million, then why is there a crisis when you know, that number has dropped so significantly. Where's all this happening? I mean, is it crime? Is that what we're concerned with? Well, let's take a look at that too. Because in 2017, San Diego, which is right on the border, was named one of the lowest 
one of the safest cities to live in and of the 30 largest American cities in America, clearly. Um, they had one of the lowest murder rates and overall violent crime rates of those same 30 cities. San Diego's crime or violent crime rate is at about 1.9 people out of every 100,000. So that's not too bad, okay? You know, we've also, you look at El Paso, another border town, okay? El Paso is at 5.5 per every 100,000. It's a little bit higher, but still on the lower end. Um, San Antonio, 6.8. So, you know, not gigantic numbers, nothing over 10 out of, you don't even have 10 out of every 100,000 people that are involved in being, that are either murdered or involved in a violent crime. Um, along the border. But then let's look up a little bit. Uh, in Indianapolis, 23.1 people out of every 100,000 are involved in a violent crime or are murdered. In Baltimore, that number is 51.7 out of every 100,000 people. So down on the border, we're at under 10 people out of every 100,000. But you go up north a little bit, and that number jumps dramatically. 23.1 out of every 100,000, or 51.7. That's insane. That is a lot of people. So I, I don't, I'm not seeing a crisis on the border. I'm just seeing a general crisis in the country where people need to start behaving better and not murdering their fellow Americans. But that's just me. And apparently it's just me because when I made that comment on Facebook with my, on my personal profile earlier today, uh, I was told that, of course, the rates are higher the further north you go. These people don't want to commit crimes right by the border. They want to run higher up first and then kill all the people. Yeah, there are people who actually believe that. So, well, um, I, for one, am not one of those people. I would say that Americans just need to behave better and we need to worry a little bit less. Uh, and that's not to say that no bad people come from Mexico, but they're not all rapists and murderers and bad people. They're, I'd say it's the opposite. They are mostly good people with a few bad, bad eggs scattered in. Now, if you want to look at how most people actually come here illegally, they overstay their visas. These people come here legally, they stay longer than they're supposed to, they don't renew their visa or they can't renew their visa, and they don't leave. Do you know what the percentage of people for that is? 42%. 42% of those who have an illegal status in this country, it is because they overstayed their visa. That's almost half of the entire population of people with illegal status in this country. So they're not hopping the border. They're not trying to come in illegally. They're already here. So again, what, why do we need this wall? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Nope, I know what it is. It's the drugs, right? It's the drugs. Because drugs don't come in by the tunnels. Drugs don't come in just by being smuggled normally. Drugs are just a huge problem that... A wall is going to fix um, but the thing is most drugs actually are smuggled in through points of entry so that is people 
driving them over border or driving them through border crossings, walking them through border crossings, people getting them through the border. So a bigger wall is not going to stop that. Paying our border agents better so that they don't take bribes, so that they want to work harder and do their job more honestly, better training of their jobs and better teaching them how to do their jobs in a more honest and proper way, all of that is going to help stop all this stuff that he thinks a gigantic wall is going to fix. A gigantic 50-foot ugly wall. And he wants $5.7 billion for this. $5.7 billion for 234 miles of now we want new physical barrier. A month ago, he wanted the same amount of money, but only a small portion was going to be new. The rest was of the fencing was all going to be restoration of older walls and fencing that we already have, which, I mean, that's what I say all the time. We already have these things. We just need to maybe reinforce them a little and do a better job of training our agents. That doesn't take $5.7 billion. That takes a lot less than that. And we could still do everything that he wants to do. Everything that all of these Republicans want to do and claim that the Democrats don't want. Because, you know, we apparently want open borders, which is not what any of us have ever said. But, you know, they know us better than we know ourselves. So clearly, this is right. I mean, I, again was arguing with another person on Facebook last night. I, I've been trying to stay away from it on my, my, my personal profile. I want to make that a little less political since I have been doing this and this takes up a lot of my time. So clearly I'm, you know, putting myself, I'm concentrating on politics a lot. I kind of want my personal portion to be a little less about that. But, you know, then I see things in comments and in groups that I'm in or on someone's profile or whatever and I'll make a little comment and then boom you know there there we go and so last night this girl I literally had her admitting that training better and just reinforcing what we have and this not and you know like computerizing some of this stuff like all the people that are overstaying their visas it'd be so easy to track all that down and get it taken care of and how easy all that would be but still we need a wall and you know why we need a wall we need a wall just as a deterrent for those who may try and come over here illegally so we need a 5.7 billion dollar deterrent that's all it's going to be that's ridiculous but the sad thing, that isn't even the most ridiculous thing about this whole shutdown. You know what the whole, most, the whole ridiculous thing about this shutdown is how it's affecting all the people that Trump supposedly cares about because they're his Americans, right? So he should care about all these people. But, but he doesn't because people aren't able to pay their bills or feed their family because they're not getting paid. They're doing their jobs basically for free without even the assurance that they'll get back pay for the time that they're putting in now. We have TSA workers calling out sick because they can't possibly continue to work day in and day out with no pay. So they're actually taking side jobs to, I think, to make up for 
the income they're not currently making. Well, and then now air traffic controllers are getting close to doing the same thing. Because how can we possibly expect these people to come to work every day and not get paid? And the only reason that some of these people are doing just that is because they can't risk losing that job when the shutdown is over. They have to know that even if they don't get the back pay, that they'll still have a job come next week, next month, next year, whenever Trump decides that this is over. They need that security and that knowledge. And so they can't even risk calling out sick, not even for one day, because they might decide that they're not needed and they might lose their job. That's not okay. People who are on food stamps, many of them aren't getting food because for that, for some places, that program has, the staffing has been cut by 95%, 95%. So if they have 10 people working in the office, they've got one left, it sounds like, maybe something like that to, to do everything. This is ridiculous. How are people supposed to feed their, you know, I, I know people, there's, you know, a lot of blah, blah about food stamps and all these lazy people and how they need to just, you know, pick up their bootstraps and get out and do it themselves. But you know what? Some people are just stuck in a hard time and they need that help. And how much further in the hole are they going to be if they can't even access food? I just, I don't, I don't understand how it's okay to keep these people from the things that they need just so that Trump can get his wall. Oh, and then here's the fun part. So now, normally, you know, most of, we've had shutdowns before. This is nothing new. And these things have happened before. Um, typically they don't last this long. They're usually resolved by now. People are back to work or they're back to getting paid. But the national parks, right? So typically during a shutdown, not only do the workers of the national parks not go to work, but we close the parks down and no one is allowed in or out until we reopen them. It's a good way to, you know, take care of everything, the, 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 animals and the different native plants and things that are in these different parks. So apparently I don't know who decided that we weren't going to shut down the national parks this time. We were just going to, you know, cut a lot of the workers down. Um, But that has really kind of made things bad. Um, So people are now showing the world just what kind of animals they themselves can be. Uh, apparently these people need someone to always be there to watch after them, clean up after them, tell them what the rules are so that they follow them, not do stupid stuff because they are just pigs. Uh, in fact, I was reading yesterday about Joshua Tree National Park in Los Angeles, California. They are temporarily going to have to close their park while they clean up the, te- the damages that have happened to the park during the shutdown. Um, and the damages that they are addressing are all, include sanitation and safety issues. Y- yes, sanitation and safety issues. Um, 
They've had approximately eight rangers to oversee this entire park during this shutdown. Eight rangers, day in, day out, morning, noon, night, whenever, for the past two some odd weeks. That's not very many people. Well, because of this, people are going in and they're, they're basically taking a shit on the sidewalk. Uh, there's human waste in public places, there's littering, there's destruction of the Joshua trees throughout the park, and in fact, people have gone about deciding to create their own roads. Uh, forget about, you know, taking the roads through the park that are there and parking and walking through. They're just driving wherever they want all willy-nilly. So now these eight rangers that they have left uh, have to go back through and clean up the messes that these people have left because apparently unless there's someone to stop you, it's totally normal to just go to the side of the road and squat and do what you got to do. Like, I don't understand. I, people disgust me. They really do. This is why I love dogs and I don't really love people. But all of this, all these little issues are because he wants his wall. He needs his wall. And he's not going to reopen the government or let anyone else have what they want or they need until he gets his wall. I don't know about you guys, but I'm seriously sick of having a man-child for a president. I... I don't know how he got elected. Well, I do know how he got elected, but even that, I don't. I mean, how anyone really thought that this man would be good for this country, it's beyond me. And I, I have family who voted for this man and love this man. And still, to this day, think I'm the one that's drinking the Kool-Aid because I am not a Trump fan and I am so liberal. I'm the one who's wrong. I'm the crazy one because I'm not a nationalist. Well, I'm sorry, but I've seen the ways that nationalists go and it's just not my thing. I care for people over country and that's pretty much how it always will be. But for now, we're stuck with this man shutting it down all over a wall. I just hope he remembers that Germany needed a wall too. And look at how well that turned out for them. As we've seen in history, most walls that come up eventually also come down. Well, that's going to be it for today's episode of That Loudmouth Lady. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you are returning vis- listeners, thank you so much for coming back and listening again. And if this is your first time listening, I really do appreciate it. Um, I would love to hear feedback, conversation, whatever from you guys. You can follow me on Twitter at LoudmouthLady or on Facebook also at that LoudmouthLady. Or you can visit my website at LoudmouthLady.Wixsite.com slash ThatLoudmouthLady. I would love to hear suggestions, comments, whatever you'd like to say. Um, So yeah, hit me up, give me a follow, whatever. And I look forward to bringing out my next episode for you guys soon. Take care and have a great day. Bye. Hey guys, I'm back real quick just with a little comment. Um, 
sometimes we do misspeak. And when I was commenting about the tunnels and stuff, I mentioned the show Reads and I said that it was on HBO, but it is actually a show that was on Showtime. Um, so if you ever want to check it out, it's pretty funny and hilarious. You definitely should. But anyway, just wanted to make sure I clarified that it's a Showtime show, not an HBO show. Weeds. Hilarious. Give it a look. Uh, have a great one. Bye.